Good evening. Um, today is Wednesday, April the 2nd, and um, I had a few different messages I had rolling around my head for the last few weeks, and I had a meeting with um, Pastor Eric um, last Wednesday. We had lunch, and I was asking him a question, and the answer he gave me the question kind of just threw off the other messages I had been working on and um, put me to where I'm at right now. Um, what the question was, I was asking him, how can a person that gets an anointed word from God, like a prophet would give you a word, and then you end up turning around and falling off the map for what that word is. I had a friend that I was with many years ago, and um, a, 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 a pastor at another church said, God said this to me, and God said you're going to do this, and God's going to say do this, this. And my friend has died recently, and he never accomplished any of those things that the pastor said that he was supposed to do. And I know it was anointed word of God because my friend had had dreams about that same thing the pastor said, but it didn't manifest because he went a different route. And so when I asked Pastor Eric about it, the answer he gave me it just kind of kept playing around and around and around in my head, and it led me to where I'm at right now. Um, my assignment for the night from the Holy Spirit is called a Proskeros Moment. Um, um, if you will, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to do chapter 3, verse 1. It says, To everything there's a season, a time for a pur- every purpose under heaven. I want to say that again. To everything there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. Now, we have, as we go through our lives, many different seasons God puts us through, and we have many purposes, okay? You may at one time be a student, the next time you'll be a teacher. You may end up being a son, turning into a father. You may go from simple homeless ministry to being a minister in another country. But you have different purposes at different points in your life. And this is kind of what the Holy Spirit is going to give me a little snippet of this information. So hopefully it'll come through like I've been getting it because um, I can't seem to get it out of my head since Pastor Eric shared with me that word. Um, it also says... It goes to um, from verse two on down to verse eight. It goes to a whole litany of examples. Um, it says there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to plant and a time to pluck what's planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Um, it just goes to a whole host of human joys and woes that we go through, and um, it's letting you know that there's a time to do one thing. And then there's also a time to do something else. Uh, y'all with me so far? Okay. Um, what I'd like you to look at tonight and what I'm trying to speak from is a kingdom perspective. Primarily what I've been studying is kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. And um, a lot of times when um, Lord Jesus spoke, he spoke in a different perspective than the average layman that was around him. Even the disciples that were with him, he would speak to them and they just wouldn't get it. Um, to give you an example, turn to John chapter 11, verse 1 through 14. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm going from this perspective is because I want you to, to, to get what the Holy Spirit is showing me, um, and I hope it comes through clearly. Um, we don't want to speak anymore in terms of these earthly terms. Each one of us in here, we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We know that we're new species, a new creation on the planet, and we, don't, we should not talk like normal citizens. Now, I'm preaching to you, but I'm also preaching to myself because I just got this message out of last Wednesday, and it's still circling around in my mind, okay? But I'm learning, I'm trying to learn how to adjust my talk every day so I can speak from a kingdom perspective as opposed to this earthly temporal um, perspective. Um, John chapter 11, verse 1 through 4, 1 through 14, excuse me. It says, now, there was a man named Lazarus who was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one that poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one who you love is sick. 
When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness is not, will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God that the Son may be glorified through it. Now, hold right there for a moment, Susan. You go back. The first thing I want to point out is what Jesus said. This sickness will not end in death. Now, we know Lord Jesus doesn't lie. Okay. Um, the second point he states out is this is for God's glory. And this is where I'm coming with the kingdom perspective. We're going to keep going with this. But this was he's talking about everything that's going to happen to Lazarus is for the glory of Almighty God. You know, go to the next verse. Jesus loved Martha and her sister, her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Hold right there for a moment. A lot of times we will be going through situations in our life that we're praying for God to answer. God will necessarily answer when we want to. No matter what the situation is, he may hold off and tear it, but his timing is always right. And everything he does is for to bring him glory. And we with me? Amen. Um, so although Lazarus was sick, his sisters are praying. They ask Jesus to come and help their brother. Jesus Relax for two more days with his disciples. You know, go to the next verse. Then he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you. And yet, you're going back there. Hold right there for a moment, Susan. In the previous chapter, Jesus had compared himself to God. He had said he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. The Jews got so irate with him, they wanted to stone him and kill him. He moved past them. He didn't get injured. But now he's going back to Lazarus. Lord Jesus cares so deeply about us that he will risk everything to get to us in our times of need. Amen. We got to understand who we are. We are his sons. We are his children. You know, and Jesus cares about us. When we go through situations and we're praying and we're praying, I don't want you to lose this perspective that God will answer your prayers. He will come to you in your hour of need. But you may have to go through some things before he gets to you. But you're supposed to still remain faithful in your prayer and how you think and how you talk. And like I said, I'm grasping this myself as um, said of last Wednesday. Um, you're going to go to verse 9. Jesus, uh, let's skip that and go to verse 11. After this, he said, um, he went on to tell them, Oh, friend, Lazarus, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, will he get better? Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant only natural sleep. Two different levels of talking. Me and my best friend can get together and be around other people. We can be speaking to each other. And people are like, well, what did you mean by that? We know exactly what we're talking about because we've been associated so closely for so many years. And other people can't really get what we're saying many times unless we say, well, what we were trying to say is this. This happened because of this. Jesus is speaking from a kingdom perspective. They're looking at a natural perspective. You know, go verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So, again, I set all that up to say I want to speak from a perspective of a kingdom. I'm not want to speak plainly anymore. I'm going to talk, take it from a different perspective. What I'm going to share with you um, on a Proscaros moment is hopefully being delivered via kingdom perspective, as I'm going to understand it. Um, if you go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It's dealing with two entities. The first one is seasons. And the second one is time. These entities um, are what I want to talk about. Now, for what I've been reading and learning, and if you just look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the Lord will release a certain season that he wants things to happen in. Okay? Now, if we look at the children of Israel, they were in bondage for 400 years, praying and calling to God to deliver them out of their servitude they was in. He didn't do it for 400 years. But at a certain season, God says, now I will send my deliverer to go ahead and bring them out. So, again, we go through things. Every day, some of us go through a lot more than others, but we all want to have our seasons. We're going to go through stuff. And even though God may not answer you immediately, you don't stop praising. You don't stop glorifying in it. Um, God releases a season. The second entity, time, we release the time. 
Now, we release the time. Well, let me, before I go forward on that, I want to go back for a second. Seasons are announced through problems. When you have hell coming into your life, you have issues hitting you left and right, you lost your job, you're going through a situation with your marriage, you have problems with your children, you have issues with your health, you have all kinds of stuff going on. Seasons are announced with problems. Throughout the Bible, every one of these men and women who went through a major issue, that was their seasons. Now, what I'm trying to say in this particular lesson is it doesn't matter how you feel. Um, understand that anytime we are in a situation, when I say that, they didn't, I want to break it to another perspective. Um, the enemy will take advantage of how we feel. Okay, and we will always lose in a contest with him when we are going off of how we feel, as opposed to what the Word of God says. Okay, um, there's a military term called psyops, and it stands for psychological operations. Satan is the expert at psyops. He gets in your ear. You're too fat. You're unattractive. You'll never have a wife. You'll never have a husband. You can't get this job because you are not smart enough. You, and he just hits you with stuff daily. And you should understand that when you're getting to this point where Satan is on your case, like Brother Steve said to me, he says, when the enemy is attacking me, I have to sit back and ask myself, something important is getting ready to happen. You know? So I need to really you know, set myself apart and say, okay, what's going on? So when the enemy hits you with these psyops, he's trying to knock you off the high road that Pastor Eric talks about. Um, and that's what I want to bring to the table tonight is when he's coming at you with all these different things he's saying to you, you can't do this, you won't get healthy, you won't get well, that's when we start to praise the king. That's when we start giving him glory in that situation. Um, if you turn to um, Luke chapter 4, and notice the enemy will do anything he can to stop you from receiving what God has for you. This is an example of that. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. Okay, This is another aspect of the kingdom perspective. God led him into a situation. Okay, um, He was there for 40 days. He was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing in those days. At the end of them, he was hungry. So the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant. And he said to them, I'll give you all the authority and splendor for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. The enemy is coming at him with all these different psyops. If you do this, I'll give you this. I'll show you this. He's coming at him with all this. And I'm, I'm going to show something else to you. Generally, after it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, says, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. And that's a key point there. The enemy is going to come at you with psyops. He's going to hit you with everything he got, especially when it's time for you to be blessed, to be blessed and we're able to respond as our king did. We come out with the word. We come out with worship. We come out with praise. No matter what we're going through. I recently went to something a short while ago, and um, I was getting bitter because of what I was going through. In a nutshell, I had felt I got a word from the king that my business was going to be successful. 
I have got all these blessings that helped me get the building from the church signing a lease for me to get because my credit wasn't good enough for me to get it myself to a customer of mine coming in and giving me the resources to get my kitchen and my floors and my doing everything for me. Just blessing after blessing, showing God's favor. And I'm like, wow. And then I prayed and the Holy Spirit gave me peace to even leave my job to go and start this. And then it stopped. It just cut off. And my customers disappeared. No money was coming in. I had to go back and find another job, which is what I didn't want to do. I wanted to get into ministry and do other things. So I started getting bitter and wondering, why is this not working? You know, not everybody has their own little things they go through. Some people might have one. For me, I want a successful company so I can get into ministry and go and do stuff. I didn't want to have another boss ever again in life. So I'm, I'm home. <laughs> I'm home bitter and mad and, and wondering what's going on as opposed to what I should have been doing, like Jesus was when the enemy came to him and started feeding him all that foolishness he was giving him, Jesus had him with the word. I didn't go with the word, even though God had let me know back in December, your business is going to be successful. He didn't say the business will be successful in 2014. It may be too successful in 2016 or 2018, but he said it's going to be successful. So my perspective needs to come from the kingdom that I'm going to be successful in this business at some point in time, and I'm going to praise him for that as opposed to getting bitter, because bitterness shows immaturity and unbelief. Um, so, thank you, brother. Can I say that again? <laughs> bitterness shows um, immaturity, spiritual immaturity, and unbelief in the king. So we shouldn't be getting bitter no matter what we're going through. We praise him, we praise him, we praise him because when we have problems, it's announcing our season. Now, you release the time because it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, there's seasons and times. You release the time based upon your preparation. In the times, there's some of us right now who are going through situations. There's others who just got life is just great. There's no issues right now. If you're in that situation where this life is great, there's no issue. This is your time to prepare for when your season comes because it's going to come. Okay. In this time, you pray, you fast, you edify others, you teach humility, you do everything you can from a kingdom perspective to build yourself up in the spirit so that when it hits you, you can speak like Lord Jesus. He had eaten for forty days. He was weak, but he still. Spit the word of God when it's necessary. Um, so that's, you release, I want to get back to the seasons are announced through problems and troubles. And you can look through the Bible, okay? Israel is a great one. They had issues. And God could not send Moses there until Moses had experienced life in the desert for 40 years, learning how to take care of a flock of sheep for the high priest of Midian. So when Moses was prepared, that's when God sent him to release the people in Israel. You won't get your blessings Unless you make preparations in the off time. So when the season comes, you can go ahead and do what you need to do. Stand up to the devil. Amen. Now, remember this. Preparation gives birth to your time. So as when God sends a season, if you're not prepared, you will fail the test. And then you'll have to experience this again at some other point. Okay. There are some ways the devil sends attacks to me that no longer work. Because I've prepared and I'm, he can't get me in those areas. So he's come up with something new. Um, many of you are also grown in certain areas where you used to be weak maybe a year ago or two years ago. And now when the devil hits you with those things, you're like, get behind me, Satan. You can't affect me that way. You prepare. So there'll be something new. And as you get better and better at this, God will put you in greater and greater levels of anointing, um, wisdom, and all those things that come about with the gifting to the kingdom. Um, and again, brothers and sisters, I'm getting this message as I'm, I'm teaching it. <laughs> Um, there are three different types of time in the Bible. Um, the first one is Kairos time. Um, it's a Greek word. The second one is Kronos time. And the third one is Prokronos. Uh, it's called Proskoros uh, time. Um, Kronos time is sequential. It's seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, so on and so forth. Kronos time is throughout 
Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Kairos time is an opportune time. It is right now. This is the best time to move. Go. Um, when um, the children were leaving Egypt, um, he said, now is the time to go. Take everything with you. Go. This is the time. So there are Kairos times. There's Kronos time. And there's pro-Kairos time, which is this is your moment to move right now. This is when you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And it's at that moment when you're supposed to go to the next level when the enemy hits you with everything he got. Because if you get past the Prochiros moment and you get to the after this moment, that's when you get your blessing. That's when you get your wisdom. That's when you say, wow, now I know why I went through that so I can experience this understanding. I could be a blessing to these people. Um, many of you know, I, I mentioned in my last message that my mom had a massive issue, stroke. Um, but last year when I got back from Africa, I came back into a situation after been spending 10 days in Africa praising and worshiping and enjoying um, the fellowship there with the brothers overseas. Doing an eviction notice on my front door, um, my job wanting to fire me, and the nursing home, my mom is needing 24-hour care, saying they're going to evict her because they found that we didn't pay $1,500 a year or two ago. So Tomani looked in the books, but there's nothing but Satan. He said, let me hit Curtis with everything I got because he's been praising and worshiping the king, and we can't have that. We need to break him down. And that's what the enemy does. He comes at you and breaks you down. We had a great time in Africa. Learn some things. I saw things from perspective that I said, you know what? My complaining about stuff does not even matter anymore. After seeing how the people live in Africa and how they praise God when they get up in the morning, they praise Him when they go to sleep. The sun comes up and they're praising the Lord. It goes down and they're singing in the dark. I'm like, what am I complaining about? I don't have no issues. I'm blessed in such a way. So I came back with a whole different understanding and getting off the plane, getting to my door, there's a white letter saying eviction. Then I go to work and my boss is wanting to fire me because he found out that I started my own company. And then I go to the nursing home. There's a note there saying my mom's going to be evicted if we don't come up with $1,500. So I needed to come up with, and I gave all my money I had to go on the trip. So I needed to come up with $800 for rent, $1,500 for my mom. And then, and that was my pro Kairos moment. So I'm sitting there, feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack because i got so much anxiety going on. I'm stressing out, you know, trying to pawn stuff. Nobody wanted the stuff I wanted to pawn. Um, I <laughs> so couldn't pawn anything. All my friends were just in the same situation that I am financially, so I couldn't borrow any money from anybody. And I'm thinking, I don't mind so much myself getting evicted. I can find somewhere to live, but don't kick my mom out of the nursing home. That was really crushing my spirit. I had trouble sleeping and everything else. Um, to make a long story short, I got myself to such a stress point that I realized that I'm going to end up freaking out if I don't just calm down. Then the Holy Spirit blessed me with an understanding, praise him. So I said, you know what? I've done all I could do. I've asked people. I've tried to pawn stuff. I didn't want to come and ask the brothers and sisters here at church because I have a, a warped sense of pride that I can do this on my own. But I'm, So what I ended up doing was I simply say, you know what? Whatever you let happen, Father, you know, your will be done. You said, I think we've done all we can stand, so I'm going to just stand. I'm going to just praise you. I put on some gospel music, and I said, I'm just cleaning my house. And I went through my house, cleaning the house and praising and singing and dancing. After about two hours of that, I felt completely lifted in my spirit. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be all right. Whatever happened, it's going to be all right. My main fear was having my relatives in Florida saying, what did y'all do with the money? Why is your mom being kicked out? Because relatives talk, they don't even know the situation, you know. But let you know what ended up happening was... Within two days, I had customers calling me that I hadn't spoken to in over a year saying they need a design job because it's graduation time and they wanted their houses fixed up for all the family members coming up for their kids graduating. So I made enough money in two days to pay my rent. Okay, So that was a blessing, number one, because I didn't take the Prochorus moment and do something crazy like rob somebody or do something. You know, I praised him in the moment, and I just gave all the glory to him. After that happened, um, and this is true, you know, after that happened, in that moment, um, I um, I went to talk to my boss, explained to him that because you all are not paying me enough money, 
That's why I started my own company. And I don't, I only do this when I'm not here. And they don't want to pay more money. So they was like, okay, that's cool. We'll, and I was, what I was doing for the company, they couldn't pay nobody else for what I was doing because they would have to pay them a whole lot more. So that got put off the table. Then I go back to the nursing home and they had found a discrepancy. Um, so in three to, I think about three to five days, all of that hell I was going through, God had taken completely away. Amen. But I praised him in it. It could have went completely different. Amen. Praise him in it. Praise him. So it's called a Prochorus moment. You will see them will be announced by trouble. Okay, when you got all hell breaking loose in your life, that's your season. It's getting time for you to grow to the next class. Now, when it happens, Satan's coming at you with everything he got. He says, this young man, this young woman is getting ready to be blessed. I can just stop this at all costs. Let me hit him with psyops. You know, your marriage is going to have problems. This is going to have issues. This is going to have issues. This is going to have issues. And in all of that right there, to God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Um, if you will, turn with me to... Um, one more thing I want to say about the Prochorus moment is that um, it's best when you do the opposite of what the devil expects you to do. Because, uh, so, yeah, amen. amen. <laughs> Turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 17. This is an example of what happens. It says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution become... Because of the word, they fall away quickly. We know that as servants of Christ Jesus, we are at odds with the world. And the king of this world, the prince's world, I should say, is going to attack us because we're representing the word of God. We're representing King Jesus. So persecution is going to come. That's to be expected. Our pastor talks about it. We hear it. You know, we know that we're walking in Christ Jesus. We're going to get persecuted. Period. So you should expect that from a kingdom perspective. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to have trouble. I'm going to have issues happen. But when it happens, you have two choices. You can fall away or you can praise God in the moment and continually praise him. Amen. 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 Second, amen well enough. <laughs> it's all good. Second Corinthians chapter four. This is verse 18. And this is another thing. When you're in those moments, the Prochorus moments, see, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The stuff around us, if we're looking at the situation we're in and not the king we serve, we're not operating as kingdom citizens filled with the Holy Spirit and letting Christ Jesus be our Lord and King. We already know that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and call the Holy Purpose. Not some, all things. So if we in this moment and we're getting speed up and knocked down and kicked. In that moment, we go to our brothers, we go to church, we pray, we do whatever we need to do to glorify a king in the moment. And again, I'm preaching to myself because I'm sure that my moment's going to happen in the next week or two, but um, I'm learning this as I go. But we give God all the glory in the moment, no matter what we're experiencing. Give him the glory, give him the glory, give him the glory, because he's going to take us out of it in due season. Amen? Amen. Now, typically when I share, I like to do little bullet points. Um, I was sharing this with Pastor Eric today, and he gave me a different spin on it, as he does. You know, I love that man. Um, but it's when you're in a uh, prochorus moment and you got issues hitting you, identify the problem that you're dealing with. Now, we know the enemy, he attacks us three ways. It's the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. That's it. God is the creator. Satan don't have the creative ability. He can take what God has created and twisted, and that's the definition of wickedness. But he can't create nothing on his own, okay? So he issued those three ways all the time. So if I'm in a situation, I need to look at it first and say, you know what? 
is this lust of the flesh, which is typically my issue, okay? Am I, have I put myself in a position where I'm feeling this way? Or is it pride of life? Is it I'm trying to attain something that God don't want for me to have, you know? Or is it the lust of the eyes? Am I looking at stuff in a way that I shouldn't be looking at it, you know? And those definitions even go deeper than that. But Satan only hits you in those three fashions. That's all he knows how to do. Now, if it's not the enemy, it's a sovereign move of all of God. And if God is putting you through something, then you need to say, well, why is God putting me through this? And how can I complete what he's sending me through? And it doesn't really matter if it's the enemy or the king. God gets glorified in it regardless. Amen? Amen. This is something that I'm going to keep. Um, You praise the Lord while you're in the midst of your hell. And understand that you are tried in tribulation. You are affirmed in your afflictions. And you're promoted in persecution. That's kingdom thinking. Okay? So I'm not... Going to tribulation like, oh, it's me and everything is wrong and the world is beating me up and I can't go on. No, no, no. I'm being tried. Okay. I'm being affirmed when I get afflicted and I'm being promoted when I go through persecution. Amen. Amen. Your response in the Prochorus moment is what unlocks the grace and favor of the Lord. Um, That was nothing but grace and favor. And as I've been studying this, God's shown me things that's happened since last year that he has put me through these moments. Some I failed and some I passed. And when I passed him, I got a different, deeper understanding of the word. I got a greater love for my king and understanding that he's there. He has me in this moment, even though I didn't like the problem. Nobody ever likes problems. Nobody ever likes situations. But even though I didn't like it, God carried me through it. And I'm giving him glory. Amen. Amen. If we go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to do verse 12 through 15. It says, I know that there's nothing better than to rejoice and do what is good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is a gift for God. Let's, let's look at that for a moment. God is, Solomon is saying, and he's, I would say it's the second wisest person that was ever born, Jesus being the first. Um, he's saying that um, there's nothing better for us to do than rejoice. Praising God. Just praise him. Just rejoice. Because he gave us life, he gave us breath, he gave us opportunities to do things, rejoice. And I'm learning this, I'm learning this, so I'm not preaching something that I'm, I'm, I'm learning this as we speak. Um, I'm trying to get up in the morning and say, thank you for this day, Father, thank you for everything, thank you for the things I understand, thank you for the things I don't understand, just thank you because you're God, you know, I love you. Um, our labor, he's given us a gift, ability to move and to work and to breathe and everything, we It's a gift from God. It's not a burden. It's a gift. Everything he's doing for us is a gift. Amen. Amen. Um, If you go to verse 14, it says, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Understand that we are already blessed, brothers and sisters, even if we don't understand the the blessing that we're going through. Um, When God blesses us, no demon in hell, no agency, nothing can take the blessings from us. But we have to get to the blessing. You have to go through to get to. You, you got to get to the blessing. But you get to them, you have to experience the procarious moment, deal with it in a godly fashion from a kingdom perspective, speaking the word of God, living a godly way, doing what God commands us to do in the moment. And once you get through it, that's when favor and blessings and new everything is there. Amen? Amen. Um, and it shall be forever, it says here in the Ecclesiastes. Um, I love verse 15. This is kind of what kind of got me in my um, whirlpool in my mind, if you will. It says, that which has already been and what is to be has already been. 
and God requires an account of the past. The first part is that that which has already been, there's nothing new. We don't experience anything that nobody else has experienced throughout time. You know what I'm so it's not like your situation is any greater or any less. Than, you know, now, it's, it's, it may be great to you, but it's not, this is something new. The enemy had to come up with anything new. You may experience the same thing somebody experienced on the other side of the planet at the right exact same moment, but there's nothing new. And that which has already been, um, from a kingdom perspective, God is, looks at it like this is already done. Like when Jesus spoke about Lazarus, um, he said, Lazarus is asleep, but you know, he told him plainly, he's dead, and we're going, we're going to go and get, take care of him. Well, Lazarus' names mean um, God has helped. So from Jesus' perspective, God has already helped him, he's already raised him, he's already done it. So that, which has already been, from a kingdom perspective, everything's already done from God's perspective. We are living in that area, but God's looking at it like, I'm waiting for you guys to get to where I have ordained for you by your understanding of the word and how you live your lives. Um, and the last one says, and God requires an account of the past. This is kind of what I've gone through, and many of us probably this rule has, is you went through a situation, you failed it. God can't take you to that next place where he wants you until you grow in wisdom to pass this test. So you will repeat it again, whether that is dealing with um, alcoholism or um, sexual immorality or whatever it is. If you can't beat this test, I can't use you here. So you need to pass this test Grow in wisdom, deal with the situation, praise me in it, go to the next level so I can use you maybe to teach somebody else how to come to where I'm at. Because we all in this together. You know, um, I call on Brother Al, um, Alex, we talk and when I'm having issues and they pray for me and I pray for them. But we have to go through to get to. Just just don't forget that, brothers and sisters. Um, so you will retake the experience. It's a class over and over until you pass. So say with me, I got to pass this class. I'm going to pass this Amen. We can't repeat it any longer. Let us turn to Job chapter 1. We're going to do verses 8 to 22. He experienced one of the ultimate prochorus moments. Amen. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Satan says, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds will spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and says, oxen were plowing in the field, and the doctors were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the service to the sword, and I am the only one who would escape to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep in the service, and I'm the only one who would escape to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put your servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who would escape to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they were dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and began to worship. He didn't go out trying to shoot and kill everybody. He didn't go out freaking out. He went immediately to a place of worship. He's right in his prokaris moment. 
Okay? None of us, I don't think, have experienced what that man went through. And from my understanding of the scriptures, he suffered it for nine months. I go through something for a week and I'm like calling everybody to pray for me. I need some issues. He suffered for nine months. The afflictions that Satan put him through was so bad that he smelled horrible. He had boils all over his body. His teeth had fallen out. I mean, in addition to killing his family, taking everything he had as well, he suffered horribly for nine months. Okay? The time of birth and pregnancy. He went from an old life to a new life, if you will. And when he came through his prokaryotic moment, God gave him back everything he had and then some. He blessed him with even more beautiful children. So, I mean, get this from a kingdom perspective. When you're in those moments, and they're going to happen throughout your life until we go to be with our Lord and Savior, you worship. You don't scream. You don't holler. You don't shoot. You don't fight. You don't, we're kingdom citizens. Our Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. There's nothing that can withstand his power. Amen? Amen. Can we go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 through 21? Now, I was speaking to Pastor Eric about Paul, and he was telling me that we was, I was trying to make sure I had my facts right before I spoke, but Paul was killed by Nero. Nero killed thousands of Christians, you know. And this is the point where Paul's in bondage, and I'm just trying to get it from a perspective where you can see where this man is at. He's all these wonderful things for the kingdom, teaching people, doing miracles, and now he's in bondage, getting ready to, at the end of his life, okay? He's speaking, he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Okay? Prokaris moments. I'm in jail. I may be dying soon. Um, I haven't experienced that. I've had some stuff happen, but I've never had something where I'm getting ready to be set on fire or beheaded or all the different things that he went through, people going through back in those days. But in this moment, he's still saying, if I live, it's to serve Christ, and if I die, it's gain because I'm going to be with my Lord. Prokaris moments. How we deal with the situations when we're in the situation is what takes us from blessing and favor to next blessing and next favor. Amen. Amen. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, same thing. He didn't want to die. Sweat and blood. Father, take this cup from me. Um, but not my will. Your will be done. Prokaris moments. In all these situations, God, you get the glory. 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 You're my king. You're my lord. You're my savior. And I'm learning this again, brothers and sisters. So um, I'm, I'm not just tooting my horn. I'm, I'm, I'm learning this well. And this is what God is showing me. Amen. In conclusion, uh, Prokaris moments is just realize that we're going to be going through tough times. Um, and when we go through these tough times, we got to understand to praise the Lord while we're in the midst of it. Understand that we tried in tribulation. We're affirmed in our afflictions. We're promoted in our persecutions. And these little five bullet points I want to leave with you. Um, number one is to understand your season is announced with trouble. So when trouble is hitting you, that's your season. It's your Kairos moment. It's an opportune time. It's time to move. Okay, and whether that's moving to a new job or a new level of understanding or whatever, when trouble is hitting you, it's your time. Number two, your preparation is what causes you to give birth to your time. So in these moments where everything is going great, you're there for other people, praising them. I'm not praising them, but praying for them when they're going through their moments. You go, you're there praying, studying the word. Everything what we're supposed to do as believers in Christ. In your off seasons when you're not being attacked, that's when you're preparing for when it comes because it's going to come. So long as you're in the word, the world and Satan is going to attack you. Number three, identify the problem. Okay, Is this something that I brought on or is this something that is a sovereign move of the moment of God? And then praise them anyway. Okay, regardless. But if it's something you brought on, remove yourself from it. You know, if it's lust of the flesh, pride of life, or um, lust of the eyes. 
Number four, praise and glorify the king in the moment. Okay? Job, Paul, everybody that we've spoken about tonight. And then, last but not least, the most important, prepare for your promotion. Because you're going to go to the next level. Amen? Amen.